Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. And today we are talking with a friend who actually called me today and was just sharing about how she as a therapist has been able to refocus her business of helping to heal the whole self within her clients by using the tools that she learned in the Angel Reiki program. She called and she said, Julie, you would not believe how my business has grown and shifted over the last year because of everything that I learned in your program and because I am working now one-on-one with my clients' higher self, their souls, to help shift them, heal them, and help them fully, wholly, completely heal within themselves here in this lifetime. So we're talking about this today. So excited. And friends, in one week, the How to Hold a High Vibration e-course starts. If you want to get started now, we've got a little bonus week for you to jump in, learn more about the other people who are in this course, get to know them better, and really start learning how to hold a high vibration. Because friends, as we learn to hold a high vibration, this is where our healing journey really starts and really sees major breakthroughs. Friends, it's not that we're bypassing the work and just going to high vibration, but holding a high vibration is like you being a tuning fork that tunes everything around you. And as you're going to see in this interview today, That is what our guest used is high vibration to help shift everything within her business, everything within her life. High vibration is you living from the energetic vibrational frequency of your soul where you are in alignment with your higher self, with your spirit team on the other side, with your soul's purpose here in this lifetime. So if you want to get signed up for the course, head on over to theangelmedium.com. The link is in the show notes. That's my website, theangelmedium.com, where you can get all registered. All right, friends, let's dive into the show and see what messages your angels have for you today. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's Julie Jancis. I'm your host. And today I am here with Dr. Catherine Perkle. Dr. Catherine has not been on in a while, but I'm so excited because she is back talking about how she has used Angel Reiki and integrated it into her practice as a therapist. And I'm not even sure if I'm saying all of that right, but Dr. Catherine, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Take it away. Let's just chat. Thank you, Julie. I'm really excited to be here. Um, And I just wanted to take some time to just really talk with you about how beautiful it has been integrating the work that I learned with you into my clinical practice. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah, we worked together. Was it last November that you did the Angel Reiki School? It's been one year. One year, Mm -hmm. September. That's amazing. So what did you learn there that you were able to integrate into your practice? Well, it was, I think I was saying too earlier, it was definitely a process where it was, I learned so much from you, but then it, you know, you really have to kind of like absorb it 
into your mental, emotional, and spiritual body, I think, before you're kind of able to bring it to others. So it was a process for me. And But I think like anything else, that when it is spirit-led, you kind of intuitively know when and how to bring it into your practice. And it ended up being such an easy and organic transformation. Um, I put that massage table in my therapy office. I got a big weighted blanket. I use like a, an eye mask and I lay crystals and it's just, it, the, the coolest part about it is that as I've continued to, as you talk about, sort of vibrate at that higher frequency and bring that to my clients, I'm also attracting more clients that are sort of aligned with that way of thinking, which has been a really beautiful process as well. That's so interesting. And I think what's fascinating from my point of view, having done this work, I think for about three and a half years now with other students, is that I have gotten to work with doctors with their PhD who work in physical medicine. I've gotten to work with therapists and counselors and healers that are healers in different realms. And what they say is that they always were channeling, but that this helped them to really integrate it in a different way. Are you finding that? And my second question is, are you finding that it's bringing a different layer of healing? And what does that look like? That is such a good question. And I would say, yes, it's very true. So what I would say to that, how you talked about channeling always, the whole reason that I first found your podcast, that I was kind of continuing to sort of explore these themes of spirituality and, and sort of these elements of our consciousness was because just this idea of I was doing a lot of meditative work in my practices. And what would happen was when I would start to go into a meditation and say, I knew we were going to try and access a trauma and help them to maybe soothe their wounded inner child or something, the content of what was coming out of my mouth when I was doing these guided meditations did not always feel like I was sort of consciously creating the content. It was more just allowing myself to be a vessel for it to flow through me. And I think similarly, when you're doing the Reiki, it's like, the, the more you let go, the more you're not focused on outcome and just on the process of what you're doing, the more that sort of that divine interaction or attunement is able to happen. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's so wild because what spirit would tell me at the beginning when I started doing this work with clients, because there is some level of anxiety within people. And what I tell students who go through my angel Reiki school is don't expect for that anxiety to go away right away. You are having some level of anxiety because you are a human being who has the intention of bringing through the maximum benefit for another person. The mm -hmm. hardest thing to do is get out of your own way because it's not you who can bring through the message. It's not like we're giving opinions or, you know, just like suggestions. Spirit is bringing things through where they are connecting the dots for you. They're showing you which way to go in. And as you follow what their instructions are, really, I tell my students, the only thing that you have to do is hold that high vibration. It really starts with holding that because as you're holding that high vibration, you are the channel 
And now you have this open connection, or you could call it a portal between your crown chakra and above. And now you're able to tap into the intuition. And it's so funny, Dr. Catherine, because I actually started this new course, Holding High Vibration. And I'm going to do the next course that's going to be coming up is 21 Days of Automatic Writing because they fit and they flow so well together to open up that high vibration, get you connected in alignment, and then show you how to access that intuition, how to access them on the other side to bring through that automatic writing. And just speaking of that high vibration, it's funny because I remember you always saying that and like wanting to know like, what is she talking about? But what's interesting is like, I feel like I experientially now know what that actually feels like. And it's like, it's better than, I mean, it's like every cell in your body is tingling and you do kind of feel like you're in this world, but not of this world. Like, and it's really hard to describe unless you've like experienced it yourself, but it really is that idea of just letting go of that egoic part of the mind and just being, I, I know you quote Eckhart a lot. And it's like, it's that just being in that moment to moment experience and allowing that beautiful energy to flow through you. And the more that we can teach the world to do that, like how much better would we all be for that? You know, if we, if we all can live in that high vibrational thinking all, or, you know, thinking and feeling all the time, how much better would our world be? Oh, and that's it. I mean, you just hit the nail on the head because when you're in that space, you're in this transcendent energy. You're in the energy of your soul. You're not in the energy of the human physical body anymore. So when it comes to harming another human being or hurting another person or just anything low vibration, it's not physically there anymore for you to tap into. You're just coming from a oneness of all that is. I agree. And I, and I think going along those lines, I think that's why the Reiki has helped me in my therapy practice, because I think what has happened is it's really fascinating. So instead of kind of like working through each of the traumas through the la- the language of the egoic mind, right? Like we, that is still a part of the process. We do the processing work, right? And then typically what I do is I'll, once we kind of get into a flow, we check in. And then a lot of times they want to get on the Reiki table and kind of energetically work it out. But what I find is, is like, So then what happens is so much healing that I think would have been missed if we were just processing with words. It's like, they leave the space in that higher vibrational frequency. And I think they're then able to kind of transmute the energy of that trauma and then carry it into the relationships. And and then somehow the relationships in their lives are also healed with, you know, their parents, their children, their spouses, because suddenly, like, I think you talk about it being like a tuning fork. So like you're vibrating at a higher frequency, they start vibrating at a higher frequency and then everybody in their lives starts vibrating at that higher frequency too. It's like, yeah. You know what? My counselor says this in a different way, and I didn't pick up on it until recently, where I was like, oh my gosh, we're saying the same thing in a different way. But he says, when you start really getting into therapy and you start really healing, the people who are not 
healthy, who are not living healthy lives. And I don't mean that they're not eating right or they're not exercising. That's not what I mean. That they know how to be in healthy relationships with Mm -hmm. other people. Those relationships either get better and those other people become healthy because they're learning those tools from you or they start to drop away. Yes. And I think that can happen in the therapeutic relationship. Like there's a choice. They can choose to kind of, you know, vibrate with that, you know, high vibrational frequency or it can feel really uncomfortable and then they'll figure out a reason, you know, not to do it anymore. But I think, yeah, so it's like in a clinical space and then in your own personal space, I think absolutely. You'd always have a choice. Yeah. And you know what? I've just been kind of like spirit's been bringing this to the forefront because I think as you've been in this so long and you and I have talked in the past, like we both went through a lot as younger people and we both looked at the world of like, okay, who is older, who is more knowledgeable that I can talk to, that I can learn from in order to piece like what's really happening in this world and how I survive within it. And We've done that our whole lives. So, I mean, you could look at our lives and say, okay, well, you've been so successful in therapy or you've been so successful as a healer, but that success doesn't come overnight. Like we have been working at ourselves and therapy and becoming healthy people. I know me since I I cognizantly remember it, like as a 13-year-old person. And what I would say to that is you can only help people at the depths of their suffering to the depths that you know your own suffering, right? And again, I think, you know, we kind of talk about sort of reincarnation and coming back again and again to learn our soul's lessons. And I would, I would assume that people that are kind of questioning at a deeper level at, you know, 12 or 13 years old, that we, pro- we probably have been around a long time and we've been asking these questions a long time. And maybe we're finally starting to get to a place where we have some of the answers so that we can give those answers to other souls as well that are, you know, on that journey too. No, I'm totally on the same page as you. And you know what? We've been going through this remodel with the house and I just found these journal entries and one that I didn't read last week I forget exactly how I said it, but this was my 22-year-old self, and it was like the day after New Year's, and I said, every year I keep thinking that I know it all only to get to the New Year's Day to realize that I know nothing, and that the more I allow myself to be in that teach me phase and that curiosity you know, point of energy the more that we are the tools though, right? Because that's the point I always get to. Like, I I don't know anything because I, you're, you can be a teacher, but you're always the student at the same time. 100%. And I think about how, like, if I really thought I knew it all, like when I finished grad school or something, it's like, look at all I would have missed. I never would have dug into all the energy work that I'm now like, you know, it's like a, like a onion. Like you're just kind of spiraling through these layers. But if we stop exploring, like, what are you missing and and not exploring and not continuing to question? So let's go into that deeper because I know that, have you written the book? Is the book out yet? It's not out. I I have written uh, about, you know, a, I guess it'd be probably 150 pages of a book. My tentative title is The Art of uh, Soul-Centered Therapy. And it's basically the idea of 
infusing the soul in a very real concrete way in the therapy space, not just some abstract idea. Oh yes. You know, we have a human self and a soul self, but like really having a relationship with the person's soul through the therapeutic process. So peel this back for me because we're born into this world. We have all of these different experiences what are all the different layers of self? Or I guess I should say, what are the major layers of self that people are working through to really come to that whole sense of healing within yeah. themselves? I, I think it's kind of like the big four, right? You talk about the, the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual body. And I, and I think there's a difference between sort of like cognitively understanding that, but then, you know, experientially like really feeling that. Uh, And I think that we do that through doing energy work like you do or I do, or, you know, engaging in guided meditations where, you know, when you're in that imagery space to really think like, yes, this is my imagination, but could it also be you know, I think you've talked about this way too, like a tool where you are actually accessing and interacting with, you know, your soul self, or, you know, I work with people that are, you know, grieving someone that's died. And like, if you're saying, okay, let's imagine you finding yourself in a beautiful space where you come across, you know, a beautiful river and, you know, your partner is standing there and imagine them having that conversation. Like, let's imagine on some realm that that's really happening, right? Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so amazing. And that's really what it is because, and and I've said this before in the podcast, but Spirit is saying to remind people again that because I've had a lot of people come in this week that said, you know, I, I've lost somebody. It's been six months, but I still can't access their energy. What's going on? And spirit wants you to know that if that is you, it's not that your loved one is not with you. They are always with you 100%. What's happening is that energy is different during a stage of grief mm-hmm. than when you're in your normal day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Energy in your normal day-to-day is like your feet on the sand on the beach meeting the, the waves that are just gently rolling up one by one. When you are in the energy of grief, it's almost as if your physical body is 15 feet out into the ocean and it's hurricane-sized waves coming in. You cannot expect yourself to tap into always the energy of your loved one when it's so fresh, when it's so new, because the pain is just so immense it really takes some time and to space to really create more length between those bigger waves mm-hmm. so that you feel their energy more and more. And what it makes me think of too is it's like how it's like how can you appreciate a beautiful sunset or a butterfly flying by if you're just you're you're trying to keep your head above the water and in a hurricane, right? It's like you can't even see what's going on around you. You're just trying to survive. Yeah. 100%. I I know you like the um, sort of the anecdotal spirit stories. And this is just making me think of a really cool one that happened just the other week. Um, I have a client who 
her dad died when she was 12 and then her mom just died a couple summers ago and she's always associated her mom with dragonflies. And it was funny because I, we were in this session and we were talking about her mom and I kind of said, you know, I, I said, I see butterflies a lot. I haven't really had that dragonfly connection. And she was describing this really cute book. Have you ever heard of this book? It's like water bugs and dragonflies. No, never heard of it. It's this analogy of how basically in our human form, we're like the water bug. And then when we turn into spirit, you know, basically a water bug becomes the dragonfly. Well, once they're the dragonfly, it's too beautiful for them to return to the water. So like, because a dragonfly would actually drown in the water. So there's this really cool analogy to the human self and the spirit self and the water bug and the dragonfly. Anyways, so we're talking about all this. And then as she's leaving... I'm waving goodbye to her and right in front of the car, this giant dragonfly comes, you know, zooming right in front of her. And I was like, look, look. I was like and I was like, just jump, jumping up for joy. And I was just so excited for her. And we kind of both had tears in our eyes and she drives off. So that's not even the end of it. So then my next client comes in and I tell her like so excitedly, like this whole story. And then as she's leaving, the dragonfly was still just hanging in front of my office. And I don't live, my office is not in like a wooded area. I mean, I'm on the middle of a busy street. There's no reason for a dragonfly to be. And this dragonfly stayed with me all day. Wow. And I just feel like the more you connect to spirit, the more they want to engage with you too, you know? And so then the world just becomes more magical. You know, what's so funny is that when you get into this work, you don't see those things as synchronicities anymore. You see them for the true signs that they are. And you start to realize that it's been with you your entire life. You just never realize that that's what it was. Because I can remember being at my grandparents' house uh, down in Florida, where I used to just have these great conversations with my grandfather back in the pool. And we just sit out there for hours and talk and eat snacks and swim. And he always comes through as this hawk when I go down there. And I asked one time, long before I chose to do this work, I said, Grandpa, if that's you, stay there for 22 minutes. Mm. And I timed it on the clock because there's a huge clock out there to the dot, 22 minutes. Yes. I, and, and you just, and again, like you said, you cannot, you just, once you start to see them, you cannot just say, Oh, like you said, that was just a coincidence. That was just a random, you know, synchronous. No, I just, yeah. Well, and let's tell ours about this morning. I mean, we haven't talked for a long time and, um, you called this morning just randomly. I had you like on the car phone in the car and my podcast editor was like, Julie, where's the podcast episode for next week? And I was like, wait, it's that time again? Like I thought, I thought we had a, uh, more done. So um, you called right after she called and I, and you were, you were like, we should do a podcast episode about this. And I was like, actually, can you come on the phone later today? <laughs> and I could. So it was just everything. And it was, to- and I was on my car phone too. And I literally like just had this impulse to call you. So clearly the universe was like, okay, let's make this happen. Yeah. Spirit. 
So let's go deeper into this because there is so much. Like I know that a lot of people have gone through so much pain in 2020. They have lost people. Um, There are so many people who have lost jobs. Some people have lost double income. And we don't want to minimize their pain in any way, shape, or form. What I see happening on a big collective consciousness level is that just like 2011, 2012, when the energy shifted, we are going through a huge energetic shift. What tools is spirit bringing through you right now? Because as you do this work, you start to see parallels with what's happening with the collective consciousness. So what are you seeing here? What are people needing? And really, what can our podcast listeners take away as good, yummy tools that they can work on themselves? I think that first and foremost, we have to just believe that these changes are for the the betterment of our society. I mean, you know, there were so many systems in place that we have known were not working, but we didn't have the time or the energy to engage in truly deep fundamental shifts, whether it be recognizing within, I would say 10 or 20 years ago, really, you know, I think people were thinking, you know, we have email now, we have ways to access each other electronically. Why are we going to these mass concrete buildings five days a week, you know, away from our families where we can't just run to the grocery store or throw in a load of lawn, like that our quality of life was really bad that way. And I think the fact that we had this complete pause to our whole society where, and people are saying, yeah, you know what, we, we can work from home sometimes and we like it and it's a good thing and we can have more time with our children and our families or even the environment. You know, you look at if we're traveling less for work, maybe we're, you know, can be traveling less in our cars to be loving our planet in ways that we weren't loving our planet. I mean, I just, if we can, I know it feels dark and scary, but if we can only turn and look at the light, you know, I think that we can breathe into that. And and I also think, you know, when we put our trust in the universe and, and truly believe that our souls decided to incarnate in this body, in this timeline, to be here for this shift, that we're all part of it, um, that can feel really empowering and exciting too. So I think it's it's looking at the ways that we can feel empowered and that things can be getting better rather than feeling blindfolded and in, and in the dark. Yeah. For me, what's been coming up a ton this year is removal of shame filters and triggers <laughs> that I didn't even realize I had, where I think even with the growth and the success of this podcast, I've looked at my goals in life and been like, okay, well, I've reached them. So where else do I go from here? Mm-hmm. And kind of looking at the image of other successful people where they're so polished and they're so professional and they have like they get up and they get ready every day and they have their makeup done and their hair done and it takes you know two hours and they have these bigger homes and there's there has been over like the past I don't know all of our lives this focus on monetary wealth and what spirit really has brought into my life over the last three months very strongly is I get to be a human. My humanness is not only okay, but 
there is no shame in it whatsoever. I'm not shaming other people who have the drive to get up and spend an hour getting ready every morning. I would rather get up and channel and read and spend energy in different ways. And I am different where I write on my hand because some days I'm getting 20, 40 text messages. There's hundreds of emails coming in. And if I don't write something down where I am going to see it, my brain isn't going to remember it and it's going to fall off. So I will write stuff on my hand so that I don't forget. We went through this huge decision this year, like back and forth. Do we move to a bigger house? Do we stay where we are? And when I really, you know what it was? This is like the wildest thing. And I don't know if I said it on the podcast because I don't want people who listen to the podcast to be like, okay, this is how you can spend your money. But Mm -hmm. when I went to look at the house where we had so many signs, I mean, there was even an angel with a bench in the neighborhood on the cul-de-sac. The the number of the house had very significant meaning. Mm -hmm. And we went to look inside and there was a bird nest feeding baby, this mama bird feeding baby birds. And when they showed me the mama birds feeding the baby birds, they circled it like they do in sessions and they tied it to St. Francis of Assisi, which is actually the name of the subdivision that we were looking at. And they said, don't you remember St. Francis has the birds around him when you see St. Francis? So I went home And I looked up St. Francis and St. Francis really lived his life in this way where it wasn't about money. It was about servitude Mm -hmm. and there's conflicting things there. I mean, it goes back to two opposing things can be true at the same time. There's this calling within you to want to like keep up with the Joneses Mm -hmm. and be you know, what everybody else says is successful. But here's what happened. Spirit ended up waking me up at 3.33, (laughs) night one, night two, I didn't get up. And night three, I was like, okay, what do you want to show me? And they ended up saying, your life is not meant to be the same track of success as other people. You are meant to show other people that it is okay to stay in a home that is smaller and to have less and to love that stuff, you know, and to show people that it's okay to not put your makeup on every day and it's okay to write on your hand and it's okay to be fully who you are. You don't have to change for anybody. You know, it's so stupid. Even last year when I started doing these e-courses and I would see myself in the videos every day and I would shame myself and just how I look. So I got those fake eyelashes put on and I'm not saying that those are bad. It just doesn't really resonate with me because as soon as I got them put on, I was like, no, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is not going to work. (laughs) Like I'll put on the magnetic ones, but ones that are like permanently attached to my eyes. I don't like how it feels. And it's been such a revealing process to be coming to the conclusion that at no point in any person's life are they going to be perfect. No. At no point in any person's life do you have to be just like somebody else because they're the mold of what success looks like. Mm -hmm. Screw it all. Mm Mm-hmm. 
break it all down and just build it up exactly with what resonates with you. Just individually you, because it's like, even in like that statement, it's funny. Like I know I can tend, like I can tend to be somebody who feels like I have to put my face on, but I know for instance, that that's coming for myself from kind of a very wounded place. Actually, <laughs> um, That's a very, yeah, like a very deep, insecurity that I've been working through for years, but it's still a part of me. And so it's like, I can even hear from your side, like, oh, I like to just get up and chant. And and so for for me, that sounds so freeing. And I wish like that I didn't have this wounded part of myself. It's like, I think we just have to embrace like all those parts of ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is. Like we all just have these different and we're, you know, based on our upbringing and our childhood experiences and all these things that kind of bring us to who we are and how we manifest and how we want to present, I guess. Isn't that the wildest thing? I was in a session and it's the exact same thing because I have somebody in my life who is so shy, but like so reserved and just like when people speak, everybody listens to them. And I always felt like everybody looked at me like I was the oddball out because I was the loud outgoing one. And like I was always being like shushed and whatnot. But I was in a session with somebody who um, Spirit was bringing in this message of, I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were telling them not to, what I ended up seeing, let's go that way. What I ended up seeing from this was that the person who was shy felt like they should be the outgoing one, whereas the as the outgoing person my entire life, I've looked at people who are more reserved to just speak, you know, at certain times and they're really listened to. And I thought, oh my God, well, I should have been that way. And at the same time, they were always looking at me saying that they should be more outgoing. No, right. And that's exactly what you're saying with like the makeup thing. Like I, yeah. It's crazy. 100%. I know. And it's like, we just need to embrace all of our quirks and humanness. You know, it's like, you know, we aren't human beings having the spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, but we are in a human body and we have to deal with whatever comes along with that for us based on this lifetime as well as, as, well as possibly multiple lifetimes. Like, you know, that's such a deep, rooted insecurity for me. I did um, like a past life regression and found that like, you know, I had been disfigured and something like, you know, five or seven lifetimes or something. So it's like, you know, it can be so deep, you know, these different parts of ourselves that tend to sort of haunt us or be shadow parts of ourselves, right? Yeah. As I've been going into it, like, why don't I want to get ready? Why don't I want to do this? Why don't I want to do that? When it comes to my physical appearance, I have been learning so much about patriarchy and how the systems that we have lived in, you know, especially the era that we grew up in living in the 90s, going to high school and having these magazines where unless you were 90, 100 pounds, you weren't beautiful. And I think I got to some point in my life where I was like, not only do I not like these people who you know, I'm trying to fit in for not, not only do I not like them, I want no part of this. Mm. And, and I'm never, ever going to be that size. That's not my body type. Mm -hmm. So sorry, kids, earmuffs, like F it all, F it all. And I think I came to that conclusion early on, but it has come through working through understanding 
different patriarchal systems and not seeing just how much our everyday has been defined by them. And what is cool, though, is like you said, I think, you know, we're about the same age. So we came up in the same generation. And I mean, just unapologetically superficial standards. Like I think about like even silly movies like she's all that or I don't like just movies that were made in that era of just like promoting like fix yourself and like your all your problems will go away and what I think is cool is when you talk to like some of my clients that are like just you know I don't see anyone under 18 but kind of like you know 20 22 24 like one thing that is refreshing is I do think you know they were brought up to respect their individuality in a different way and to not be so boxed in, whether it be like your sexuality, your gender. Um, and obviously I might see like a biased subset based on sort of who I see in my practice, but I, it is really cool to see people owning who they are without apologizing at such an early age. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So If people really want to go into therapy, sometimes what I see my clients doing is saying to themselves within their egoic mind that it's only going to take a year. Like I'm going to go do therapy for six months. I'm going to go do therapy for a year. When you really look at it though, it's a part of us that you could maybe, it's building your spirit team here. That's what the angels just said. Building your spirit team here, having a therapist on call, having a chiropractor on call, having an energy worker on call, having just different people that can help you navigate this because there isn't a place of perfection and things do get hairy and you you need support. Absolutely. And I, I really as I've grown as a human and also grown in my practice, I mean, it's like every decade really present. If you really look at it, it's like every decade really presents very unique challenges, right? It's like, you know, I think in your teens, you know, you're very much impacted by your peers. You're living under the roof of your parents who you don't get any say as to like how they're going to treat you or what that's going to look like. You get into your 20s. You need to form sort of an identity of who you are, how you want to be in the world. Do you get married? Do you not get married? Do you have kids? Do you not have kids? You know, then your 30s are establishing. You know, then we reach our 40s and we're like, did I do everything that I thought I wanted to do? I mean, it's just every decade is, is just you know, it is the journey, not the destination. The whole thing is hard. It's meant to be challenging. We're meant to learn the whole time. It's good to have people that you can kind of like bounce ideas off of and trying to understand yourself and life from different perspectives is definitely always a good thing. Do you find that your clients take different amounts of time to come to their place of healing? Like what's a typical amount? Like, do you just always need it? I would say no. I would say that typically in the beginning, there's lots of like, you know, holding of space. And also then I'm trying to understand the whole narrative. Basically, I like to understand somebody from birth to the point that I'm seeing them. So kind of fleshing out the family tree, really understanding maybe like intergenerational traumas that you're even carrying into your, to this lifetime as well. And then I think once they understand themselves and then we start kind of practicing some of these skills of, you know, getting into meditation, doing the Reiki, like I would say within six months to a year, once you kind of are in a flow, I, you know, you can always tell when somebody gets to a point where you're like, 
Like, I'm glad I'm having to dig for problems, but like, so like, (laughs) maybe we can back off to checking in. But I always say to people, I'm like, the one good thing I have going for me is my mind is like a lock trap for um, human stories. I mean, I know I can still remember the story that you told on your podcast of like going into the hotel room when like your parents were telling you that they were, you know, getting a divorce. I mean, I, I'm pretty good at like holding on to the narrative. So I'll say, even if it's a year and you need to come in and just be like, how do I navigate this situation? Like come to me and I'll, and sit down and we can just hold space for that. You know, that's amazing. That's really a gift because I can't like things just come through in a session. And then I'll tell people, if you're going to schedule another session, and I hope you do, things might come through again. Tell me if we talked about those before. Yeah, because you're just in that channel. And I would say it's different for me when I'm in that space of doing the energy work. That feels different than if I'm just sitting there, like, listen, like, then I think part of your ego has to be present, right? Like the human part you have to be present to hear, hear your story, I guess. So yeah, it is an interesting experience to move from that and then into the the Reiki work for sure. Yeah. I'm so excited for this book that you have coming out too. Tell us to just your ideas for the book and like good tools that came out of the book and yeah, give us those yummy tidbits. Absolutely. So, I mean, it really is just about, again, learning to kind of form a relationship with your soul self. Yeah. It's just this idea of, you know, when we drop out of the egoic mind that we are coming from just that loving place of presence of witnessing, you know, I I always say too, the egoic mind is really chatty, right? It's, it's, you know, the, the critical inner voice, it's, it's got a lot of language, right? So if you, if you're kind of saying in your mind, oh, well, you know, Julie, Julie, you really should get up and you should take an hour to get ready and blah, blah, blah. Like it's very verbose. And then the soul, what, what I find is it's, it's, it says you are gorgeous just as you are, you know, like it just, it's, it's quiet. It's simple. It's always, you know, I remember hearing a psychic medium talk and they said like, if it's not, it was the H's healing, helpful, and hopeful. If it's not those things, it's not coming from spirit. So it's like learning to recognize the critical inner voice versus our soul-based self. And then, you know, trying to get into a space where we're hearing that more easily through meditation. And then, like I said, with the Reiki energy work that, you know, it's moving from the verbal processing to then energetically releasing where we you know, store traumas in the body, whether, you know, it be something held in the heart chakra or the solar plexus that just that inner child is like this in the solar plexus for 10 years. Like, let's help her get out and dance in the sun and feel like she can integrate again. Right. So it's, it's doing all those things together. I love that. And as you were speaking, what they were showing me is, you know, in law, how they have that beautiful woman with like the symbol of balance as like those two like gold things that she's holding and she's trying to balance them equally. It's as if when you're needing to do your work and move to a healthier space, move to a higher vibration, the egoic mind is tilted 
out of whack with the intuition where the egoic mind is louder, it's shouting more, and the intuition is always there, but it's hard to believe it. It's hard to trust it because the egoic mind is just so loud and aggressive. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is as you do your work, as you give it time and give it space and allow yourself to just unfold, and another word for unfold is just evolve through it, what you find is that the egoic mind isn't going to go away 100%. Like I will probably be 99 years old one day and look in the mirror and say, oh, look at that little thing right there. I wish it would go away. But now I've tilted the balance and I, I do have this where my intuition is much more loud and the egoic mind is still there, but it's very, very quiet. And it, yeah. I guess what I'm learning to accept and surrender to is just the fact that I don't have to have it go away 100%. And I agree. And I say that to my clients all the time. The best that you'll get is that you create enough space in your soul, right? To allow that loving witness to come in and say, wow, ego is just coming to the table and it's saying something really nasty. (laughs) And, And can I bring some love, some light? I just finished reading this book. I think it's called like Essentials of Subtle Energy Techniques. And she talks about healing streams of grace. So it's like, can I pour some healing streams of grace over that yucky egoic part of myself that just won't let go of criticizing Mm -hmm. this or that? So it's creating the space enough to at least allow your intuitive soulful self to bathe the ego in some love and light and to let it, you know, release whatever is trying to... (laughs) Oh, I love that. As you were saying it, like I was feeling the energy. You were working through the energy of it too. It felt so good. Yes. And it does. And I have moments like, and again, I said that too, as a, as a therapist, I'm like, just cause I tell you to do these things doesn't mean I don't need to do them myself. Like I have moments in my day where I'm feeling really anxious or depressed and I might not catch it right away. But once I do, if I can get into a mindful space and help to release it, like I'll start to feel better. Spirit's saying to ask you a question in order to show, because they say that there's somebody listening right now who feels like I want to do the work, but it feels like a mountain to look at the work ahead of me in order to get to the other side of what they're going through. And I want you to... Walk us through an example and not give any names, of course, but just walk us through an example of somebody who was in a really bad spot when they came to you and how they worked through that in order to get to this place of healing and what healing looked like for them on the other side. Oh, man. I mean, I could give you so many examples. I, I The first person that's coming to my mind is somebody who her husband died and she came in in the process of grieving and was not very spiritual. I would say at all is a very logical grounded thinker tends to be more of that like left brain analytic and, um, and through our work uh, you know, we've, we've worked through so many layers of healing 
I, I think she learned things about her marriage that maybe, you know, she, when you're grieving, you're, you're really missing the person, but then also later on really understanding things that maybe weren't so great and, and grieving that and letting that go. Um, but also learning how to access him or invite him into a dream space with her. And then also, you know, in terms of physically, I think she just wasn't really like taking care of herself. She was isolating a lot. And getting her to a place, I think, you know, energetically on the Reiki table where we were, you know, opening her heart chakra back up um, to being excited about life again, right? And then also, like, er there was early childhood trauma issues, you know, with her parents' divorce. And um, so learning to, like, soothe that inner child, both um, through meditation and on the Reiki table, and then bringing her, and then through that, bringing her back to life, like, some interest that she had even before she got married make getting her excited about life again like I don't want to share her interests because I think that would make it really specific to who she is so but yeah just like getting back into hobbies that she'd even lost over years and just you know coming back to her like you said coming back to yourself being unapologetically you and it, yeah and it's taken I think I've seen her for probably like three years now but yeah I mean but it was a very slow journey, right? And now I see in her and it just like tickles me with joy because she's like, she's living a really nice life right now. And it feels really good to see that. So that's, that's probably a good example that I can give. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Dr. Catherine, where is your office in the US? I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. Awesome. And if somebody wanted to come see you there, what's your website? It's just drkathryperkel.com. It's a K-A-T-H-R-Y-N and then P-E-R-K-E-L. Or, or on Psychology Today, that I, there's a great page to find me there too. Awesome. We'll put all of that in the show notes. I'm so excited that you called this morning and we didn't have a podcast for next week. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You'll have to call me when the book comes out so that we can get you on for that too. That sounds awesome, Julie. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening, everybody. Friends, if you'd like to hear from your angels and loved ones on the other side, book a one-on-one -on -one session via phone, FaceTime, or Zoom. You can also work with me one-on-one -on -one when you register to take the Angel Reiki School online to develop and use your own unique spiritual gifts. If you're just looking to be able to connect with your own personal angels, the Angel Communication online course will teach you how to hear, feel, and connect with your personal angels more clearly. Friends, if you get benefit from this podcast, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and ask a friend to listen. Don't forget to look in the show notes to see the winner of this month's free drawing. You're entered into the drawing when you write a five-star positive review and email it over to us so that we know how to contact you when you win. Now, if you have time, I want you to pause and do some energy work with me for a moment to lighten, clear, and reset your own energy. To start, I want you to take two deep breaths. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Friends, as I walk you through this, I want you to use your imagination as an energy tool. 
Friends, your imagination isn't something that's not real. Your imagination is what every human being uses to create physical reality. How does a painter know what to paint? How does a sculptor know what to sculpt? How does a writer know what to write? They see it all within their mind, within the imagination, before it flows through them and is created within physical reality. Friends, I want you to start by seeing yourself surrounded by thousands of angels. These are all angels that work directly for God and they circle around you. They have this light, airy, warm, yummy presence to them. And my friends, they are simply pure love and they radiate their love from their being to yours. I want you to take a moment to just breathe deeply in and out as you see and feel the presence of all of these angels surrounding you, sending their love and light energy to you. Friends, next, I want you to see yourself surrounded by your loved ones on the other side. Your angels haven't gone anywhere, they're still right there, but now steps in your loved ones on the other side. Greet them, welcome them. Take a moment within your imagination to give them the biggest hug and kiss. Friends, as we do this healing work together, I want you to see that every single being that is surrounding you is just surrounding you because they are connected to God and they want to help you as a soul here on earth to lift your energy, to make it lighter, to take any heaviness out of your aura, chakras, and body. In order for them to help you with this, what I want you to do is voice to them. See yourself in your imagination telling your angels, your loved ones on the other side, God energy of course is there too. Tell them what you are afraid of. I want you to be specific and explain your fears to them now.
Now, friends, I want you to see your loved ones and angels on the other side comforting you, holding you, wiping away your tears. I want you to see them telling you that you're going to be okay. Your family is going to be okay. I want you to see them showing you in their way from the other side that they are there helping you every step of the way and that they will never, ever leave your side. Friends, I want you to see or feel God energy, this pure, white, radiant light pouring down from above over you. And as you feel this pure love and light, this gentle waterfall just pouring over your head, filling your body, filling your auric field to the outside of you, filling every inch of your being around you. I want you to feel that as this light energy comes in, the highest vibration that is as it gently pours into your being, I want you to feel how all the heaviness within you just releases. With the snap of your finger, God takes every ounce of heavy, low vibrational energy within you. And with that snap of the finger, God turns all of it into the highest vibration, love, light energy. Friends, I want you to imagine within your imagination your DNA strand. Now the way that spirit shows me the DNA and what it looks like is if you could imagine that double helix and that within that double helix are millions or billions of doors and windows. And those doors and windows open and close. And as they do, some serve your highest health and good some do not. What I want you to do is say this prayer with me. My friends, this energy work does not have to take a lot of time. You're going to hear me say, use the snap of your fingers because within that snap of the fingers, your intention shifts the energy within your body. So you can say it, but please believe it. Know like you know like you know within your heart that you are changing the energy, the frequency within you to be pure, complete health. So say this little prayer with me now. God, please close all the doors and windows to my DNA that don't serve my highest health. With a snap of your fingers, see those doors and windows close. And God, please open all the doors and windows to my DNA that do serve my highest health. See those doors and windows open with a snap of your fingers. What I want you to do now is see yourself healthier than ever come September of this year. Daydream, visualize about what that health looks like and feels like to you within your body come September of this year. Take a moment to do this work right now and I'll come back to you with my voice in one minute.
Friends, I want you to believe like you believe like you believe that you, your family, your friends, you are protected. You are safe. You are secure. Your angels are looking out for you. God is looking out for you. Your loved ones are looking out for you. See yourself as healthier than ever come September of this year. Now I want you to pray with me for a moment for everyone else. God, please protect our nurses, doctors, and all healthcare professionals around the world. God, may you give each of them strength and protect them. God, please also protect all people who work in grocery stores, food service, or delivery. God, may you give each of them the strength and protection that they need. For all people who are suffering from COVID-19 themselves, God, may you take care of them and heal all who are able to be healed. Surround them with your divine protection. Surround them with angels and help every cell within their body to become completely 100% healthy again. God, for every person who has lost a job or had their income reduced, please clearly show them the path to healing, safety, security. Whisper to them in their hearts the direction that you would have them go. God, for every child on this planet, please help them to receive the attention, love, nurturing, and care that they so desperately need. God, please surround them with angels and allow them to feel the divine presence of your love and warmth. For those filled with hatred, God, we ask you to transmute that hate within their hearts into love energy, and we ask you to open up their hearts to make shifts and positive changes to help them raise their vibration. And everyone who is helping with the COVID-19 effort or response in some way, God, please be with each person who needs your strength. Clearly guide them and protect them with whatever they need at this time. Friends, finally, I want you to visualize Thanksgiving of this year. I want you to take a moment of silence to experience this daydream within your mind. See every single family member and friend and loved one there at the dinner table. See them happy, healthy. Feel the gratitude of this Thanksgiving beyond any other Thanksgiving in the past. Gratitude for being all together. Gratitude for all being healthy. Gratitude for the lessons learned. Gratitude for the relationships that grew deeper and the love that is between you all. Again, my friends, see your spirit team on the other side telling you that you are going to be okay. See them helping you. My friends, God loves you. Your spirit team loves you. I love you. Open up your heart like French doors to all of the unexpected blessings that they're trying to bring into your life right now. May you go forth with your day feeling lighter, and living in the high vibration that is God. Go forth in your day, surrounded by angels and your spirit team on the other side protecting you. Allow yourself to just be. Allow yourself to live in the high vibrational frequency that is God and carry it with you throughout your day. Friends, I have to have a disclaimer at the end. This podcast is to educate, inspire, and entertain you on your personal journey towards health and happiness. 
It is not intended to replace care best provided by qualified professionals, and it is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.